Welcome to the Amherst Wesleyan Church Sermon Podcast. All right, so we're talking about Samson today. And the story of Samson is pretty wild. It is pretty wild. And you're going to find it from chapters 13 to 16. And I encourage you to read the whole thing this week. I'm going to give you some highlights, but you really want to get in there and read this story because there's some pretty crazy stuff that happens in there, man. And in chapter 13, verse 5, it tells us that before Samson was even born, he was called. An angel came to his parents and said, he's special, and you need to treat him special. While he's still in your womb, you're not not to drink any alcohol. And when he is born, don't cut his hair, and he's not to drink either. And the reason for those things was because he was going to be set apart. He was to be different. He was called. And later in verse 25 in the same chapter, it says that the Holy Spirit came on him at an early age. And as you read what goes on in there, there's some pretty strange behavior. (laughs) Pretty strange things happen. But it's God-ordained. It's God-ordained. And like Samson's, we've been called too. We've been called to come follow Jesus. We've been called to come lead a church. We've been called to come and volunteer. We've been called to share our faith with our friends, our coworkers, our neighbors, our classmates. And we've been called to lead our family to live like Christ. Samson embraced his calling. And in the beginning, we see that that he takes it pretty seriously, and he does a good job of it. His calling was to punish the Philistines because they were being very oppressive to the Israelites. And the first time, he beats 30 guys up all by himself (laughs) and does a pretty good job of it. Pretty good job and gives him real good butt whooping. Then he does it again. And this one, now you got to know that this had to come from God because and nobody would think of this. At least I can't imagine thinking of this on my own. He took foxes, tied their tails together. Then he took a torch and tied that onto it, lit the torch, and let him go. Let him go in the grain fields and in the olive groves. Wiped everything completely out. No food. That's punishment. Isn't it? Then he does it again. This time, this time he finds a skeleton of a donkey and he grabs the jawbone and he kills a thousand Philistines with it. A jawbone. Pretty impressive, isn't it? Now you may be sitting there thinking, Uh, my calling? 
I haven't used any raw masculinity to get that done. Um, nope, foxes, ne nope, not, they weren't in there either. And definitely no donkey jawbone, right? But, but maybe, maybe you confessed your sins and you started making changes, right? Or you signed up and you showed up and you started to help serve because that's what you were called to do. Or maybe you took that chance and you talked to your coworker, your classmate, your friend about Jesus or invited them to church. You did that. Or with your family, you started family devotions and you committed as a family that you were going to come to church every Sunday. Maybe it was that. And just like Samson, it's all looking great, right? This is a good point. Doing what we're supposed to be doing. Got it all together. And then things start to unravel. They start to unravel. They get frayed. Things start falling apart to the point where it takes a severe nosedive. Yeah. Samson starts getting cocky. He starts thinking he can't be beat. And he starts trusting the wrong people. And you know, it, it's obvious that, that he knows that this is kind of going haywire because now we're at the part of the story where it's Samson and Delilah. Most of us have heard this part, right? Right? And this is where things take that significant nosedive. And the first time Delilah says, hey, you got to tell me, right? What is it that gives you your strength? What does he do? Does he tell her? No. He says, he feeds her a line, and he says, oh yeah, you got to get those new ropes and tie me up with those new ropes, and, and that'll do it. That'll do it. And then what happens? She says, oh, the Philistines are here, the Philistines are here, after they get them all tied up. And he goes, you know, like the Hulk, and off go all the ropes. And then she gets all pouty. Oh, you don't trust me. Well, of course she doesn't trust you. Look what you did. Like, hello. And he knows this. He knows this. So he asks again. And he feeds her another line. Because he knows he can't trust her, right? Oh, just take my hair and just, just braid it into a loom. And that'll do it. So she does. Samson, Samson, the Philistines are here. Right? And he gets up and he demolishes all that. And then she does it again, doesn't she? She asks again. And this time, not only is he in this place of being cocky, there's also this constant pressure that's coming, right? And he caves. He caves. And even though he knows that she's not to be trusted, he trusts her anyway. He trusts her anyway. And what happens? 
They come. After his hair is cut, they come. They take him away to prison. But before they do that, they gouge out his eyes. They leave him blind, helpless. And like Samson, we're, we're all too familiar with starting strong and messing up bad, aren't we? I know I am. It happens. And quite often when we mess up, it's because we start, we start ignoring the Bible. We stop reading it. We go to small group, but we just kind of let it filter without going in. We're even here. We do it. We do it. We ignore it. Or we just start going with the flow. At work, school, in the community, uh, I, don't, I don't have to be different. Just start fitting in. And before we know it, we end up cheating. We end up cheating on all kinds of things. Maybe even our spouses. And we give in to greed and envy. And, and then we start making decisions that really don't make any sense. And we buy things that we don't need. And the next thing we know, we're in this great big financial mess, which then messes up all kinds of things. Relationships. But more than any of that, it messes up with our purpose and who we are and what God's called us to. Family falls apart. And then we start self-medicating because we've got this, right? And we use food or, or porn or shopping or drugs or alcohol, whatever, And it doesn't work. Or maybe, maybe it's we start lying. We lie to a friend or, or we say something selfish or just downright mean to our spouse. Or we start gossiping about people, our boss, our friends. Or maybe we even come to the place where we deny, we deny Christ. And you know, sometimes we think of that one and, and we think, well, I haven't, I haven't said I don't follow Jesus. But when someone asks you if you go to church, what's your response? Or if someone asks you, where's your strength come from? What's your answer? Yeah. That's what it should be. But sometimes we cave, right? Sometimes we cave. And in that place, that place where Samson found himself, no eyes, in jail, no strength, and us after we've messed up and whatever it is, we find ourselves in this place and we think to ourselves, there's no coming back from this. There's just no way. We can't fix this. We've ruined everything we saw God do. God's got to be done with me. It's got to be. But when we get to that point, there's something we've got to do, folks. We've got to stop. We've got to stop and remember this. You're not done. You're not done 
even after you mess up. You see, in prison, Samson's hair starts to grow again. And his hair growing again is a symbol of something, wasn't it? It was a symbol of his connection with God and being set apart. And there, he calls out to God. He calls out to him. You see, a whole bunch of Philistines, they gathered together in a temple to have a great big party. 3,000 of them, actually. And while they're there, they're saying, oh, getting kind of bored. Oh, I know what we can do. Let's go get Samson. We'll poke some fun at Samson. And so they get him out of prison, and they pull him up. And as he's coming out of prison, he says to the guards, I need some support. Just lean me against the pillars. And they put his hands on the pillars, and I can see him placing his feet. And in that moment, he says, let me die with the Philistines. And he pushes, and the pillars break, and the roof comes crashing down. 3,000, 3,000 die. Samson, in his place of being the most messed up, that he has ever, ever been, does the most he's ever done in his life for his calling that God's placed on him. You're not done, even after you've messed up. You're not. I'm not. You're not. None of us are done after we've messed up. Samson is proof of that. Were there consequences for his actions? Absolutely. Absolutely. He lost his sight. He was humiliated. He lost his strength. But he was redeemed. And we can have that too. Relationships can be restored. We can have new relationships. God will give us new opportunities to influence people, to talk to them about him. The mistakes you've made can actually lead you to your greatest, greatest things that he will do with you, through you, for what it is he's asking. And we've got to look at Samson's example to know how we do that. But before we go there, I always do better when I have something to think about, something I can see. Water bottle, right? It has a purpose. Full of water, right? Right now it's, it's empty. What happens when, they, when they're empty? What do we do with them? We either fill them, or, yeah. And in order for it to 
be recycled, what's got to happen? And this is kind of like when we mess up, isn't it? When we mess up and we get to that place where we don't think we could ever get used again. But in the right hands, what happens to this? It can get chewed up, mashed down, and turned into this. Right? How many water bottles can we fit inside here? How much more useful? Right? We are like this water bottle when we mess up. God says, give it to me. Give it to me. Samson was physically humbled. But he could have went to that prison and he could have stomped his feet and went, Not my fault. Just do what I'm supposed to. Right? He could have done that. And when they pulled him up to poke fun out of him, he could have stood there and said, Lord, this is all your fault. But he didn't. He humbled himself. He humbled his heart. He accepted the consequences of his mistakes. And then he said, my hope, my hope is in God and in him alone. And then finally, he just didn't leave that hope in God. He said, here I am. All of me. I am willing to die in order to fulfill your purpose. All the little bits of the water bottle to make the bag. We have to humble ourselves. We have to accept the consequences for our mistakes. We have to acknowledge that our hope is only in the Lord, that he can do these things. And we have to give him everything we've got. Because in the end, in the end, we've got to remember when we're in that lowest of low points, that you're not done. You're not done, even after you mess up. Thanks for listening and being part of our church and joining us in this journey to become down-to-earth people following Jesus in down-to-earth ways.